Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is another episode of My Two Cents podcast. And this week we're going to have actually a really, really special chat. Uh, it's going to be in an area where I limited or have no experience except of being in airplanes, but in the aviation. Um, I'm being joined today with a, a, with a special co-creator, Anwar. I'm going to save the, the surname. It's just as complex as mine, so let's forget that one. I'll put it in the, in the comments below. Um, I met her, uh, I think, about a month ago when we were chatting around digital transformation and innovation. And as you guys know, I'm really passionate about the topic on helping organizations in their times of change. And I'm mainly from a people perspective. Anwar has done it for ages, for 15, 20 years in the aviation sector. And she came up with such great concepts and such experience that I thought I really need to share her experience with the network. But before we start, Anwar, can you give our audience a short introduction? Thank you very much for having me here. So uh, yeah, my name is Anwar Wali Alami. So uh, I've spent 20 years uh, working in aviation, mainly uh, in the ground handling. So um, managing air aircraft you know, at the ground. Uh, so I worked in the different positions uh, in operation planning, strategic planning, IT, PMO. So I managed a lot of projects in aviation that required uh, some required innovation some were uh, typically improvement uh, projects uh, and some are it projects where we change you know um technology um yeah so i'm passionate about aviation passions also about innovation i think it's part of it um and i'm happy to be here uh, and uh, i like in fact your your show so i saw a lot of uh, interventions from the other colleagues quite interesting on the transformation and other topics so yeah thank you for having me cool now you're welcome thank you for for being here so um we talked about uh, aviation last time and uh, you mentioned that you're really passionate about the last mile of innovation now i've looked i have looked it up last mile of innovation um and if you look at the 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 transportation sector we're talking about basically the last part of the journey when goods or in, in your case, people even uh, are arriving at the last point of, uh, of the destination. But there's more behind that. Um, let's first start with clarifying from your expertise what last mile of innovation actually means. Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed, by, but uh, many organizations uh, like to talk about innovation as a process uh, of implementing new ways of working, uh, in, which would include, for example, laboratory, innovation laboratory, design thinking, etc. So most of the time what we see, in fact, is the, uh, we call it like front-end innovation, right? Everything that you can see, right? Which is most the design thinking, the laboratory, the hype about it, you know, a lot of communication, PUC. But what's happened after, after that, right? So after that, you, you, you reach the implementation phase, which is, you know, um, uh, you know, important because innovation at the end uh, includes return on investment. Innovation is only uh, exists if there is a return on investment. So uh, the last mile of innovation is the uh, the part where you take the POC into the market, you know, go to market strategy, um, implementation, testing, uh, you know, generating in fact revenue if there is generation of revenue or reducing costs uh, depending on what type of project 
um, innovative project is there. So uh, the last smile is the part that is not, that is less fun, right, <laughs> for innovation, because everybody would love to be in the laboratory trialing, failing, right, because yeah. it's mandatory, obviously, to fail, I think, in the process. We go through a lot of failures. Um, so the la last smile requires different skills, right? So uh, the, at the first part, you have a lot of creativity, a lot of exploration, like observation, uh, understanding of what customers were, uh, want to have. But to transform this into something that adds value, it's a different skill. You have you need around the table uh, marketing team, you need a financial team, you need operation team, uh, technical team, all working together. And I think this is what, where organizations, some of the organization um, face challenges. Uh, so many you have you have in the portfolio, you can see in the portfolio where they are. PUC done, but you know, still stuck for two or three years to do something <laughs> with this, right? So this is what I mean. The, the, the last mile of innovation, in fact, is to make innovation happen. Yeah, I think this is actually a quite good one because um, uh, you're right. Um, in, in, in a lot of programs and projects we do, uh, and uh, I do it in a different area, but uh, actually it's the same thing. We, we tend to do a POC, we implement an MVP, we want to bring it live, and then the moment it's live, we go, ah, yes, we hit the milestone, we've done it. Uh, no, the benefits come much later. So you have to ramp up, you have to ramp up your marketing, your sales teams, your organization, the whole um, uh, process around that innovation or whatever you're delivering is actually starting from that moment on. Uh, a lot of customers tell me, Raheem, we're not achieving the benefits of the implementation of X. I said, well, have you implemented it yet? Yeah, we went live. Okay, and now? And now what? Well, this is actually what you mean with the last mile innovation. How do you actually make it work? How do you actually achieve the benefits on the mid and the longer term? Absolutely. But that's a complex thing. That's a complex thing. There are many, many challenges we have in that perspective. Uh, what do you think are the main challenges we as organizations need to overcome to actually achieve those benefits? Well, first of all, innovation is hard, right? It's, uh, I think we saw it already with, with simply managing projects, right? Even with the, if you have a portfolio of projects and if you manage PMO, have portfolio of projects, you do an ROI uh, forecasting, and on the day of implementation, you have reality, right? And you have slightly, sometimes different picture, right? So, you know, the, the delta between the plan and, and the actual is sometimes you're, different. You're too nice. You're too nice. Sometimes <laughs> maybe a different picture. <laughs> different picture. So, and that's normal. That's normal because, uh, you know, the planning, when we plan for the ROI, there, are, there were assumptions. Some of them are not tested. Some of them are sometimes just, uh, you know, uh, percentages just assumed, right? Uh, not very precise. So we ended up with different picture. This is only for projects, normal projects, sometimes just improvement projects. Imagine innovation where you have no idea how to reach a certain point, because if you know what to do, it's improvement, right? It's, no, it's not innovation. So you, in innovation, you are in the exploration phase where you are searching for a solution actively so you have no idea how things are um uh are you know are are happening and and uh and this, this is exactly why innovation is hard 
um, I think uh, some of the uh, organizations that I worked for uh, embraced, in fact, the uh, uh, the opportunity of testing testing new technologies, like for example, IoT. They give opportunity to their employees to to have a data margin of time to do some exploration. I think that gives the manager or gives the staff, you know, the opportunity to go beyond the job description, right? It's very important. Um, I think uh, in my career, I always had time and create time, created time, in fact, to work on something that is different from what, what I have in job description, because that's exactly what makes me feel um, exploring new things and uh, enlarging my, my horizon, right? With my team, mm -hmm. so we. I, I remember we worked on, on forecasting the activity. Uh, at the time when there was no AI, on ML, no machine learning, no AI. So we were mm -hmm. trying, you know, with our own, you know, you know, modeling. We had a mathematician in the team. We were looking for modeling, etc. Pushing the the uh, let's say the framework to a little bit far from where we are. Uh, probably we would not reach a point where we're gonna achieve innovation. But but if you stay at your level, you never reach innovation. Anyways, you have to try and and to give space to your team to to to. So that's one of the things that are important, I think, for for, for organizations to do within the team. Second thing is, which is difficult, I mean, quite difficult, is to bring the team together. So innovation, you cannot innovate it by your own, right? As an individual, you can invent as an individual. You can be an inventor. Right. Most of the time, inventors are, you know, people who work on their own sometimes or in the team. But innovation requires a team to work together. So organizations that doesn't have a culture that uh, encourages teams to to uh, uh, to have space to work together, to know each other, etc., uh, would would struggle to get uh, innovation, you know, happening. Um, and third thing is uh, some of the misconception is innovation is expensive. Right, I. It is expensive. It, it is expensive, of course, if you have to buy, you know, a new material, you know, new technology, etc. Lot of question. But some of the innovation is not is expensive. So, uh, as an example, processes. Processes inside the company can be looked at. We can approach them with completely new way, uh, and new vision. Um, I'm gonna give an example of that from aviation. Uh, so, at the aircraft, so you have the carpets, right? Uh, you have the air carpets, uh, and if you spill on some, uh, you know, coffee or whatever on it, I mean, the cleaning team has to change it and replace it. Imagine replacing like three, four, five meters, whatever, of carpets. So one of the cleaners suggested to cut the carpets in very nice, shapey ways, in a way that they can just take small parts of the, the, the carpets and replacing it. This looks like very simple, right? But nobody did it, in fact. Nobody thought about it. And uh, they start doing it, and it, it, it reduces the time of cleaning, right? Obviously, you don't have to transport the replacement, you know, the carpet, and uh, to transport a big part of the carpet that has to be transported by two people, for example. So so this kind of, in, this kind of innovation that's going to happen you know, with, without, you know, a huge expenditure is possible. Um, but you would need to listen, right? To listen to, to your employees and to give them space to express themselves and to experiment, right? 
So that's more or less what, the, the I, what I think. Yeah. I think I think the be the best ideas for innovation come from people who are doing it on a day to day basis, and if you give them the opportunity to think openly on how to improve their day to day, you will have all those minor innovation. I think one thing what I like about what you're saying is that, in general, when we think about innovation, we think about that big monster, that that elephant in the room, that that the thing that costs a lot of money. Um, but at the same time, innovation doesn't have to cost much if you look at process or minor innovations. Now you can innovate on a day-to-day -day in your own work. And this is something people who are listening maybe should think about. How can you innovate your day-to-day -day by innovating things or doing things differently and simplifying what you're doing? And if you do that on a day-to-day -day basis, you will see that you will come up in, uh, with more and more ideas to improve your day-to-day. -day. Now... Um, if we talk about innovation, um, yes, innovation could be hard, but uh, what I've what I've noticed in my um, career and in, in the programs I've been doing, but also from um, our colleagues actually in transformation, is that when we talk about innovation, um, we talk about innovation from a siloed approach. There is a team somewhere in the company or a company we buy somewhere on the third floor or in the basement probably. Traditionally, it's in the basement or in the garage, yeah. uh, if you look at Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> but there's a team somewhere in the building and they are innovating. I think one of the challenges we, uh, we, we should address, and I'm not sure if it's in the aviation also, but I presume it is, is that innovation is something which has to be built throughout the organization not just in the basement but the same but the other thing around innovation is um you were talking in the beginning around marketing you were talking about other teams um testing hypothesis if something would work you have the innovation and then you have the market readiness um, when innovation you Come build something which is not in the market so mm -hmm. how do you test not only the technical part and the nitty-gritty and it's not an nitty because it's really complex and I don't want to make people angry because it's really important. But how do we make that innovation ready for launch in the market? How can we test the hypothesis into the market? And that overall line between marketing and operations, innovation, how do we get those teams together? I think last time you spoke around this topic really passionately around how you bring all those different levels of the organization together to co-create and elevate the innovative ideas within the organization. Yeah, so um, so let's take an example of, you know, the design thinking team. Uh, I mean, sometimes we, we, if you look at how, who are sitting in the table of the design thinking, you would understand if this would work or not, right? If you have only technical uh, team, for example, and some operational team, that's it. In the design team, and then the you know the the uh, um, the facilitator, then you you know that this is not going to work. You have to have a representative of uh, you know marketing, communication, uh, UX. I mean, is it probably a customer experience guys as well around the table and others? I think um, uh, preferably, I think the number of uh, team members would be between seven and eight, right? Who are representing different you know. Uh, specialty, let's say in the in the company, that's number one. Uh, number two is uh, paying attention to uh, to the customer. 
at the end, innovation is about adding value to customers. Sometimes they are internal customers, meaning employees. So we are innovating internally, but uh, most of the time it's about external customer, right? And if you would like the innovation to add value, so you would absolutely need to build processes that can uh, allow you to get customers' feedback, not only through surveys, which is easy today with the survey. And by the way, surveys that they are not um, capturing what the customer will do when they get the products. They are customer. They are they are capt they are capturing what the customer think will do, <laughs> which is different, right? That's true. So, That's true. So it's uh, and it, this this was proven. In fact, this was proven. Uh, and one of the um, examples is um, Red Bull. So Red Bull uh, first time uh, when they did a survey, it was catastrophic. Anybody who looks at the results of the survey, they would think Red Bull would never be successful. Because nearly 99% of the customers surveyed, they said, I would never, ever buy this, this drink. So, right? So uh, it, this is why surveys are, yes, they can, could be used, but uh, we would need more than surveys. We would need to put the customer, you know, during the POC at the heart of the uh, experiment and give the customer space so that's, that we can see him, you know, uh, as if he's in his environment or her environment, right? Mm -hmm. and then observe right instead of um sometimes we we influence right the environment of the customer because it's like lacking the cognitive biases confirmation bias right we only like what we like you know we would like to confirm our beliefs etc etc so we need to pay attention um uh in, in the innovation team they would need to uh, approach the customer in their own environment to to test the uh the product and then even even when they do that on the day of operation they would need to redo it again to see uh in the real environment what does it uh uh what's the what's the uh, result in fact uh, of their innovation and then take action after that i've never seen a product that was ready on day one like already like 100 percent you know providing a, a, a great uh, return on investment i've never seen such thing at all <laughs> right no but we, we know how it works it's, it's always a part of building an, an, a poc followed by an mvp and from there on define defining what are the next steps to to be made to right. scale the product up you will never oh never there will probably be examples i have never seen them i've never heard of them but mm -hmm. I will never. They, they, you should. You should take a few steps to validate, validate, validate. Mm -hmm. And I, what I like about what you're saying is that um, we tend to do surveys, but testing in the natural habitat of of the customer itself, in their own environment, letting them experience uh, the the diverse versions, so you can get that feedback and you can get that 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 part moving. Mm -hmm. um, we have that innovation. We are delivering something, we are testing in. Um, one of the biggest challenges you see within innovation is how do we cost it? There's always a price behind it. How do we get that, the whole organization behind it? Because we're investing upfront in the creativity, which is great. We're investing in the testing. And then what? Then the next step. What for you, for you will be the, 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 the most important next step to take? after you get through that cycle because we talk about innovation is hard but i think the launch is harder that's the last mile of, of things yeah i think 
for innovation to uh, to be successful, you have to have a culture of innovation in in the company. So that what's what makes things easier is to have a culture. So if you go to companies, you know, uh, and you walk, you know, in the offices, etc., you would understand if this company is innovative or not. You would see it. You will hear it in meetings. Uh, you would see people using, you know, the uh, the words that goes with innovation uh, in their day to day, you know, work. And uh, I, I think when you have such an environment, um, employees are not uh, afraid to be bold. They are not afraid to propose a new idea, right? To, you know, to come up to the meeting and express themselves freely because they have, there is a culture of innovation. So that's, I think that's the baseline. If you have the culture, the rest, I think it's easy to deal with. So rest is strategy of innovation. What is innovation for us? Defining what, in, what innovation means for the company. So in words, you know, in a sentence, mm -hmm. this is what we mean by innovation. And it's, by the way, it's different from an organization to another. So every mm -hmm. um, organization has to, uh, to work on this definition. Uh, and then, uh, you know, break it down into a strategy for the company. So, uh, you know, and as you said, uh, it's not about dedicating innovation to one department and creating a bottleneck for the company, you know, with the portfolio of project that goes to one department. It's engaging everybody without saying that it's everybody's job because also it's diluting the responsibility, right? It's in between, right? So, and so once we do that, we have a portfolio, we have a budget, etc. And then you 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 have your own events at the end of the year celebrating the innovation that works, but celebrating also the great test that has been done and failed. And we know why, why they failed, because this is the learning, right? They failed because of X and Y, etc. That's the learning. That's the innovation also is to, to see it. Um, so I think once you do that, I think across the year, so the first year is mainly this, right? Building up the strategy, building up the portfolio management, uh, training staff, and uh, and uh, building uh, an innovation culture within the company. Uh, the rest is easier to manage because you enter into a, a, a workflow of producing more and more projects. And if you are doing uh, uh, the right things with uh, applying the, the right, uh, let's say, methodology, uh, uh, methodology, what I mean by methodology is to giving uh, employees space to innovate. It's not structuring the innovation in within, you know, <laughs> Because it's, it's not going to work it either. It doesn't work, huh? Structure, <laughs> innovation, of innovate. Those two don't work. work together, right? <laughs> methodology is to, give, is to give freedom. Freedom, yeah. right? That's methodology, right? Give freedom to employees. Give them the, the data margin of time. It's easy to say, right? It's easy. We know, right? We have, Our calendar is full, right? You think you don't have time. I, I guarantee you, if I look at the uh, calendar of anybody and I ask about, are you mandatory for this meeting? What type of decisions you would take? You know, they're going to be probably 20% of the meeting that has to be, you know, removed from the calendar, right? So in fact, we can find time for innovation. And uh, uh, return investment happened uh, not the first year, you know, it's going to happen the first year, you know, but the idea is to prepare the organization for a future return in, of investment. Yeah. Well, what you're actually saying, and I agree with you, is that innovation is not something which we can lock down in, 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 in something in a corner of the organization, but innovation is something we need to have as the key priority for everyone. And uh, not buying 
forcing them to do it, but by helping them be creative in their thinking and thinking differently towards their their day to day objectives. Hey, uh, we're looking a bit at the time. Um, I actually want to ask you your top five tips, but you gave already so many tips <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I'm going to uphold from from the tips. But what I do think is that, um, uh, uh, like I mentioned before, we had the uh, the call is that um, you have an amazing experience within the aviation sector around innovation and change and transformation. I was actually watching your, uh, looking at your website, and uh, uh, like I mentioned, it's nice and clean, simple and crisp. Um, I think that looking at all the tips you have given today, um, they will be really beneficial to the people who are listening. And maybe to close off with, um, if people want to connect with you, if people want to want to have a chat with you to learn more about what you do or more around your thinking on innovation, how do they get in touch with you? I'll definitely LinkedIn. So I'm like very uh, uh, visible in LinkedIn and, and quite uh, active as well. So uh, they can connect with me in LinkedIn. They can look at the, um, the innovationjourney.com website. Also, it has a lot of material specifically on the behavioral economics. So cognitive bias is linked with innovation that I think psychology has a huge impact on innovation that we are not exploring uh, enough today in innovation. Um, yeah, so that's how uh, they can reach me. Obviously, you can find a lot of websites about me, anwar.com, but that's another thing <laughs> about painting. Uh, but mainly for innovation, it's definitely LinkedIn. Oh, uh, let, 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 let's take that one also because um... Do you know that she's so incredibly creative? So for the people who are listening, I'm sorry for you because I can't show you. But for the people who are viewing uh, the podcast, uh, if you look at the background, uh, Anwar has made some beautiful creative pictures and she likes to experiment. Now, the link between innovation and experimentation, I think I don't have to explain that. But if you're interested in learning more about that, also please feel free to contact her. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for, 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 for sharing your expertise and knowledge. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and you. I think that our audience also will uh, certainly get some, uh, some, 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 some takeaways from this. Um, you guys know how to contact her. So let me suggest the following. That if you want to have more information, I'll put as much information uh, in the comments of this post slash in the, in the, in the, in the uh, info of the, the podcast. Um, you'll find her link and uh, her contact details, etc. If you want to learn more, feel free to contact her directly or contact me and I'll bring you guys into contact. Again, thank you so much for sharing your experience. It was so nice having you. Thank you very much.